You're listening to OEA Grow, a member-led production of the Oregon Education Association and a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. OEA Grow is by members for members. In Season 7, members discuss special education with Venus Reeve. Welcome back to OEA Grow Season 7. I'm your host, Venus Reeve, and this season we are exploring topics in special education. Today, we are digging into part two of our Adaptive PE series, and we have three Adaptive PE specialists with us today, Lonzo Urbina, Alana Burney, and Bridget Brown. I want to thank you each for being here today, and before we get going into our topic, I'd love to learn a little bit about each of you. Um, Lonzo, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and then tag the next person? Yeah, for sure. Um, and well, and first, I'd like to start off by uh, thanking you, Venus, for having us on here and you know giving us the opportunity to to uh, you know share some awareness and um, you know just a little bit more about adaptive PE. Um, but Absolutely. so yeah, my name is Lonzo. Oh, sorry. My name is Lonzo Urbina. Um, I am originally from El Paso, Texas, but I have been working at Portland Public Schools for. This will be my seventh year as an adapted physical education teacher. Um, and I also uh, came from a master's um, program where uh, our um, specialization was in adapted physical education and adventure education. Hi, thank you. Thank you for inviting me to this. Um, my name's Bridget Brown, and uh, I've been uh, teaching. Uh, for 22 years um, and teaching adapted PE for 20 years. Um, I did five years in Portland and um, after major cuts uh, in the year 2004, I've uh, now been teaching in Hillsborough for 19 years. Uh, I also uh, went to Oregon State uh, for the master uh, teaching program and also have the adapted PE endorsement. Highly educated folks in the room, my friends. It's wonderful to be with you and to get to glean from all of your knowledge and experience today um, in lots of different places too. So um, let's let's jump in. But for anyone who missed that first part of our series on adaptive PE, I'd like to review just a couple of basics. Um, for example, what is adaptive PE? And um, gosh, Bridget, would you mind jumping in on that one? And then we'll just tag off from there. Well, uh, adapted PE is a specially designed instruction uh, for students with disabilities uh, that qualify um, as needing services in the area of uh, gross motor skills, fundamental motor skills, uh, in meeting their physical education content standards. Uh, so as adapted PE teachers, we help kids um, find ways to uh, work towards meeting those PE standards um, so that they can be successful uh, in the general PE setting um, or at least be successful uh, making progress in physical education content standards. Yeah, like Bridget was saying, you know, we do work on um, helping individual students with disabilities, again, who qualify um, for this service, you know, access that general education curriculum, just like any other special education service. We're, we're trying to bridge that gap, right? Um, and that includes, you know, special specialized uh, instruction, you know, adapting or modifying 
It could be the curriculum. It could be the task, the activity, equipment, the environment, um, all so that all in all in hopes that, um, you know, the student can participate in all aspects of physical education. One of the questions that, that's kind of coming up for me is you've talked, you both ca- talked about different ways that, you know, adaptive PE serves students, but I'm, I'm kind of curious. Inclusion is a big buzzword right now in my district. And I know it's something that we're all really striving to have students have the maximum access to their general education settings, environments, curriculum. Um, so in adaptive PE, what is the full inclusion versus not or um, full inclusion versus maybe the least restrictive environment? How do you guys kind of tease apart those components to determine how and where to best serve a student? It has to be meaningful uh, participation as the key word. Uh, I mean, every, you nailed it, Venus. You know, like everyone likes to use the, the buzzword, the full inclusion, full inclusion to kind of sway opinions, but without realizing what it truly takes to provide a fully inclusive environment. And, and, you know, that is appropriate for our students. And so, you know, like when we think of full inclusion, you just think the basic like concept of like, okay, we're going to integrate our students with disabilities in that general PE setting with their typically developing peers. Right. Um, But again, like Alana said, like that least restrictive environment, that's we want to that means including our students to the greatest extent possible. Right. And just like any other special education service, like adapted PE isn't a placement. It's a continuum. So we have, um, you know, that continuum can be very large. We can go from like, let's say, a level one where a student is in general, general PE, like Alana said, no supports. Then it could be general PE with, you know, consultation and maybe adult uh, like paraeducator support in there. Right. Or you can even have um, a combination of services, a combination of placements. Again, it all depends on that individual student and where their needs are going to be best met. So, you know, sometimes we I have students that go into the general PE setting, but also have some supplementary services where they might also attend a small group adapted PE class where we might be doing maybe like some pre-teaching of those skills that they're going to be working on in that general education class. So that way they get those pre-teaching, they get the pre-teaching, they get those additional opportunities to practice the skill. That way, once they get into that general PE setting, they're not already 10, five steps behind the rest of their general education peers, right? They're going into that general education class with those skills, with those, um, with the idea, with those expectations of, this is what I need to do to be successful, right? But then it doesn't just stop there. That continuum still goes all the way up until whether it's like part-time placement in an AP class, it could just be full-time placement in that separate adapted PE class. Or, um, you know, we also have here in Portland Public Schools, we have specialized schools. We have what's called the Pioneer School here um, for our students who, you know, their needs and um, their education goals just are not being met in those other settings. But they could be uh, successful with, you know, lower teacher, um, I'm sorry, uh, lower adult to, to student ratios. And then we also have some of our students who are, you know, in hospital, hospitals or other specialized um, um, 
settings like that. And so just like any other special education service, Adapted P follows that continuum based on where the student's going to best get their um, needs met. And a lot of, a lot of I think, administrators forget that. It is like, hey, full inclusion, yeah, like rah, rah, rah. But really a full, in, like if, you, if you're throwing a, a student with, you know, low reaction skills, who is nonverbal, who has physical disability, maybe has a motorized wheelchair that is only controlled by head movements, and you're going to tell me that the most appropriate placement for them is to be in a fully inclusive general education class where they may or may not have those supports and may or may not have the general PE teacher that has the knowledge to modify appropriately without consultations, right? And that's that that to 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 an outsider who doesn't know special education or those terms, what those terms truly mean, that could be so detrimental to one of our students. Right, like we're thinking, you might be thinking, oh, full inclusion, yes, let's do it, but really, that could be one of their most restrictive environments. So, really, when we think of placement, when we think of inclusion, we want them to be included to the greatest extent appropriate for each individual. And not every setting is going to fit every student, right? We want each individual's uh, needs to be met. I appreciate too um, that kind of reframing for some of us that this is just like going into reading group, going into science class. We are helping students access learning that they not only need, but is federal, that is required by law. Um, I, I had a parent show me the statute here in Oregon a, a few weeks ago right around this topic. And I was pleasantly surprised that the, the parent had this ready to go. Um, and it made me wonder how many folks know this. Uh, Bridget, I feel like I was just about to cut you off there. So I'm going to zip my lip. But thank you guys for already shifting in my head. Hey, this it's just like reading group. It seems like it's different because it's in the gym, but it's not. Uh, yes. Well, um, in, in Hillsboro, I, I, I do teach my classes a little bit differently than, um, than in, in Portland where they do their small group adapted PE classes. Um, in Hillsboro, I, um, I've had the pleasure of, of being able to teach uh, unified but adapted PE classes, not just unified PE classes, it's unified adapted PE classes. So I'm still teaching them like adapted PE classes, but I have brought in peer partners uh, to buddy up one-on-one -on -one with all of my kids that have adapted PE services. Um, so they're able to uh, help them in their small group class, be an engaged partner with them, and, and really help them learn the skills of PE with like a one-on-one -on -one, uh, partner with them. And, and it's, uh, it really helps bridge the gap um, between our small group and then those large group general PE classes. Um, full inclusion, I mean, it's good. Hillsborough does a really good job. Almost all of our kids also that have adaptive PE services, they also go to general PE uh, full inclusion. But that full inclusion class is 
it's a good place to develop their large group socialization skills and it's a good place to learn how to cope in a typical classroom but it it for most of the majority of our students it's not the best place to learn their physical education content standards. That's where our smaller group adapted PE classes come in. Uh, That's where they're learning at their best. They're the most focused. They're learning from specialized teachers that know how to talk the students through their skills, Um, from adapted PE teachers that know how to how to develop the curriculum for them to learn the best. The, The content of what we teach in our adapted PE curriculum is different. It's geared for our kids to learn the best. The process of how we teach it, it's geared for our kids to learn the best. Um, And the environment and all of our supports that we have in our adapted PE classes are there to focus on our kids. It's their time to shine and do their best. That's what our adapted PE classes are about. Their general PE classes, they need that too. They need to get in there and be exposed to all that and learn to cope. Um, but, but our classes are where they're working on their skills and making the most progress. That leads me very nicely to the next question. Thank you for that, that lovely segue, Bridget. So this sounds like one of the things that uh, is a best practice for school districts is to look at some different ways to offer adaptive PE that are reflexive and responsive to the individual children you're serving. I'm curious what other recommendations you would have for school districts that are best practices when it comes to providing adaptive PE. Lonzo. I'd like to jump on, yeah, I'd like to jump on this question. Um, And so this is gonna, I mean, I think I think I'm pretty on topic, but I think I'm also going to bring in just a little bit more about like the state of Oregon in general and where we're at with, um, you know, some laws or lack of lack of um, state laws that help um, adapted PE services. Yeah. And so, um, you know. I, I didn't I didn't go to school at in Oregon. I got my master's program, my teacher preparation program um, through Texas in undergrad and then my master's program up in the state of Wisconsin. And in the state of Wisconsin, that is a state that for um, a for a teacher to teach adapted PE, it is a required uh, specialization or credential that the state um, gives or, you know, you can take an exam to pass it or um, just like since I went to school there, I got my my master's program. I went through that t- teacher preparation program, so I am technically credentialed in Wisconsin to teach adapted PE. Um, our you know what our neighbor to the south, California, also has this uh, a law in place that uh, it's fe- it's state uh, mandated if you are going to teach an adapted PE class or uh, provide adapted PE services, you have to have that added uh, authorization. In the state of Oregon and Washington, unfortunately, we're a little bit behind some of our neighbors, and we um, only require the general physical education license in order to teach or provide adapted PE services. And I think this is where um, many districts are, you know, jumping through this loophole. I'd, I'd also like to add, so, you know, in the state of Oregon, um, 
you know, if you go to Oregon State, you can you automatically get that that uh, added authorization because it's a it's an approved institution within the within the state of Oregon. And actually, Oregon State is the only approved institution where you can go to get that teacher preparation program to get that specialization. Um, and so, you know, like when when we're thinking of people maybe coming from out of states or even teachers that that, uh, you know, graduated from a program, not Oregon State, you know, in order for you to get that bachelor's in, you know, education and physical education, all, all that is required um, is one adapted physical education uh, university course. So think about that. We're, we're in the state of Oregon, we're saying that all you need is one college course for you to truly be able to provide these services, understand special education laws, understand special education strategies, instructions, um, mod, you know, modifying for students that qualify under a category, you know, 13 different categories for a student to qualify um, under special education, under these dis- 13 disability categories. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, and, and that's not all of, you know, that's, that's not all. You also, you oh. also deal with 504s, which can cover a completely different range of disabilities. And so for the state of Oregon to say, hey, all you need is that one adapted PE college course and you can teach adapted PE to, to us who get that master's program and have, have been through those education that, you know, that long education and put time and effort and money into this career, it's, you know, I mean, I'll say it to me, it's a slap in the face saying like, hey, all you need is that and you're good, you're set to go. And I, I truly believe it's, it's a disservice to our students with disabilities. And, you know, like we do, we do a professional development for Portland public schools where we ask teachers like, hey, did you take an adapted PE course? Other than that, have you had any other training? Because, you know, nationally, we have the National Consortium for uh, uh, individuals with disabilities uh, for physical education and that you know they they um, describe a highly qualified PE teacher you know the best practice is for a district for a school district to hire a highly qualified PE teacher and Nick Pede, that national consortium um, would describe a highly qualified PE teacher as someone who does have a master's degree with a concentration in adapted physical education and or is nationally certified. So you have the CAPE certification, which is the National Adapted PE Certification. Um, and so, I mean, not only that, like for you to have your bachelor's, you have to have the bachelor's and uh, in a valid state, right? And Sorry. You have to have your bachelor's and the valid state license in PE. Um, according to the, let me get this right, the American Association for Physical Activity and Recreation, you would also, uh, 12 semester hours are recommended. And 12 semester hours specifically just dedicated to working with students with disabilities in their educational needs, along with a minimum of 150 practicum hours in a PE setting, again, with students with disabilities. And then, of course, completed an APE standards-based preparation program. And this is all stuff we've all been through, right? As certified APE teachers or those who have gotten that preparation program, we've put so many hours and so, so yeah, so much time, so much effort into 
truly getting to know all these aspects of special education along with that second discipline, physical education, right? And how to modify and how to scaffold all these things where some of our kindergartners are starting off and they don't even have those kindergarten skills, right? So we're looking at early childhood intervention. We're looking at post um Post, post high school, we're looking at community transition programs. Adapted PE is a service that is federally mandated from the ages of 3 to 21, just like any other special education service in the state of Oregon. Um, and even then, like we struggle to even be part of our early intervention teams, as well as our community transition programs. And, and yet it's federally mandated, but we're still not a part of them. And so this is, you know, like we're trying to advocate. We've been advocating for years. And these are just some of like the, the big hiccups that we run into every single year. And, you know, we get some districts that get a whiff or, you know, a little rumor of, hey, well, they this this district got rid of their AP teachers. Now they're just on an AP consult model. And for us to go through all, you know, to truly know what it takes to 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 provide appropriate services. And I mean, you know, FAPE free appropriate public education to these students and you know a lot of a lot of districts in the state of Oregon I think we fall short and so you know we're trying to change that and so we we really appreciate you know you having us on on this podcast to you know share our our knowledge share our expertise and you know really bring awareness to some of these bumps in the road that we're that we're running into I really appreciate it. And and as you're talking, I'm hearing and I'm nodding my head and like, wow, this is what part of what I'm running into as a special education teacher and case manager trying to support students in a full inclusion or as much inclusion as possible mandate without folks who are one aware of the different levels of needs, the different types of disabilities. There are 13 disability categories, but one of those is OHI, which is other health impairment, which could be almost anything, right? So, you know, there's just all of this specialized knowledge and practice, 150 hours. And how do we expect a teacher who has had none of that to provide these services with 25, 35, 45 other children in their class and having nothing to fall back on except for maybe one three-hour course that talked about this plus four or five other different special education things. And, you know, that was three years ago. And gosh, you know, I have this new curriculum I've got to do too. And we really, it does not feel like we're setting people up to succeed. Alana, I, I'm seeing your comment here in the chat about being about equity and about about equitable. And yet, adaptive PE, I'm so glad you brought up medically fragile. Because adaptive PE is a place, I'm, I'm assuming that a student who is medically fragile, who, you know, has a physical condition in which they are in danger of of not living they are so fragile medically and yet how could i just put you in a pe class without any adaptation here catch the basketball um without any adaptation for what your medical needs might be i my mind's blowing just a little bit alana would you share a little bit about your thoughts there Sure. I just, we always talk about this equity and giving our students equitable um, resources, services, all that, you know, especially in Portland public. And of course we want that, but it's, I actually teach in North Portland. Um, so um, 
I have a ton of Title I schools. And yeah, I have, uh, gosh, I have uh, three or four medically fragile students in one K-5 uh, class at Sitton. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's happened before. And this is where um, they've put like our kids from life skills classes in a gen ed PE setting and maybe they have a, a port or something else and it could be on accident. A basketball flies over and hits the kid in the wrong spot and it is life or death, literally. So um, it's, it's about safety and um, we have tons of medically fragile kids and we're just trying to serve them in the best setting, least restrictive environment um, as we can. I'm really glad you brought that safety component up too. Um, it's, it's really easy to kind of forget that the part of what we do at school is to provide a safe learning environment. And that's, it sounds like a huge part of your jobs as adaptive PE specialists and adaptive PE teachers is to make sure that the learning environment is not only least restrictive, not only serving the child's needs and providing those skills for the adaptive PE goals, but that you're providing it in the most safe way possible for each individual child's needs. And how does one general education PE teacher who's not had the training on two thirds of that expected to serve equitably? Hmm. Yeah. Well, any last thoughts or ideas? I feel like there's just so much more to chew on. And I want to make sure that I've given you guys the time to share um, things that you wanted to, our listeners to hear because there's so much that we don't know about adaptive PE that uh, I think a lot of our listeners don't know and we're getting a little more educated on. So if there are any last words of wisdom or things that we should take with us out into our community so we can be advocates for adaptive PE. Even even if a school district, you know, they say, let's say, oh, like, oh, we don't have adaptive PE teachers. It doesn't matter. If someone refers a student for adaptive PE services, it's up to the district to figure it out. But that is federally mandated that if someone is referred, they need to be looked at. They need to. That, and that's I think that's the biggest thing that we could do is. If you know of adapted PE services or you've never, you know, you're, you're listening to this, to this podcast and you're like, Hey, I, I didn't know that existed. Like ask around, ask around, ask your district. Um, just, Hey, do we have adapted PE teachers? Do you know what adapted PE is? Hey, like this is a service that should be provided to our students, whether or not we have adapted PE teachers in this district, someone needs to be providing that service. If a student is found to be eligible. Um, you know, unfortunately, that is also where we kind of run into these bumps where if a district doesn't have adapted PE teachers, a general PE teacher also has no experience in adapted PE assessments. You know, how how are we how is a student supposed to be qualified for a service when someone doesn't even know to test for it or how to how to how to assess it? You know, and so it is still up to that. It is still that. Uh, LEA, you know, uh, local education agency's responsibility. If a student is refer referred for those services, they must be looked at. Whether they hire someone from out of district or train someone within their district to do it. But as soon as someone brings that up, it needs to be followed up 
on. And so I think that's the biggest thing that we could do along with, you know, truly just word, word of mouth advocating. This is what adaptive P is, or, Hey, I know a few districts in, in the state that have it reach out, like reach out to us. We're, there's only, I think less than 20, less than 25 adaptive P teachers in the state of Oregon. So, you know, we pretty much know each other, um, or, are trying to find find each other out there so you know and we're constantly sharing ideas we're reaching out to each other bridget reached out to us a few months ago when she was finding out about what her district had in in mind and so you know like we're not a stingy people like we're out here to to educate continue to educate ourselves educate others advocate for our students advocate for the service um yeah send people our way send people uh, Oregon State, you know what I mean? Bring it up. Bring it up to whoever you need to. Bring it up to ODE. Bring it up to anyone you uh, you know you feel might know a little bit of something or can refer you to someone uh, who knows a little more. Um, but yeah, we're, our doors, emails, phone numbers always open to anyone who wants to ask questions, um, you know, reach out for advice. We've had parents reach out from other school districts who haven't had that service and you know, we let them know like, hey, this is federally mandated. Please, please, please ask for a referral and your district will figure it out, whether they hire someone from the outside or train someone inside. And um, yeah, I think that's 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 something else is, uh, you know, letting parents know, letting parents know what is out there for them and their child, because, you know, like it's tough, it's tough. I personally don't have kids and I don't have kids with disabilities, but I can only imagine how many resources people are looking, looking for to, you know, get their, their child, what they need the best out there. Um, and so, yes, please share our information, reach out to us. We're always willing to talk and share. And just to add on to what Lonzo said, yes, uh, parents and teachers, um, if there's a student that's not being successful in the general PE classroom, they need to be referred. Um, it doesn't have to be that they're two standard deviations below on their gross motor skills either. If you have a student with autism that's not being successful in that environment, they're not participating. Participation is a content standard active, engaged participation is a content standard of physical education. If they're not being successful in their general PE classroom, they should be referred. They should be, they're, it's federally mandated to have goals for them to get better at participating in their PE classes. That can be an IEP goal and it needs to be tracked. Um, put the pressure on your PE teachers, put the pressure on your principals uh, to advocate for adapted PE teachers that are highly qualified to teach that to your students. Because um, that's that's what your students need. That's what they should be getting. In a part, our, part of our, you know, state standards, uh, physical education state standards, like Bridget said, it's uh, being a physically literate individual is what we're trying to create, right? And you, you can't be physically literate if you're not participating. If a disability is, you know, if part of your disability is um, impacting you, whether, you know, we have students that can be completely successful in their in their motor movements, but it, if you're not giving them that specialized instruction, 
you wouldn't know that a student can skip and hop and throw a football 30 feet, but because you didn't present the information in the right way, in the, in the way that clicks for them, right? And so, yeah, like Bridget nailed it. Like we're trying to create physically literate individuals and that's, that's participating. And if your instruction is hindering your participation, that is, that's part of adapted PE services. It's specially designed instruction as part of it. So yeah, very well said. Venus. Venus, I love being an adapted PE teacher. I want to do it for as long as I can. And I want parents and families and di the district to know, every district across the state, that I know that I want to do that forever, as long as I can. Um, it is, I, we bring such joy to the kids. And it is, district administrators should be proud to say that their district has adapted PE. It is an awesome thing to have, and I don't understand why they're not proud of it because it, it is not something you want to get rid of. And we are very specialized uh, teachers, and it's hard to even get any teachers these days, so you want to keep us around. And again, thank you so much for having us on this podcast. Thank you all so much for being here, Bridget, Lonzo, and Alana. Um, the passion, the care, the dedication that you have to your profession and to the families and the children that you serve. We just had so much fun. For more OEA professional learning opportunities, visit grow.oregonad.org.